we are quite schizophrenic in Norway <laughs> on this, yeah. So it's a combination of CO2 neutral solutions and CO2 negative solutions. But I think I think we must remember here that we're dealing with some companies that are bigger than states. Detta är en podcast från Wow. Welcome to the Wow Pod with Fredrik Hauge of Bellona and Paul Jave Nilsson, Vice President Innovation, and Henrik Badin, CEO of Wow Asa. Do we agree that there is no other planet in the whole universe that humans can live a good life on? So we need to save the one we are currently living on? If you say so. <laughs> There's a lot of talk about the EU and the Green Deal that aims for no net emissions of greenhouse gases by 2050. Frederick, do you really believe that will happen? I think this will change a lot. And we already see the effect, uh, especially on the finance market, even if not all uh, the, the new regulations are set yet, and it's still quite rough lobbyism campaigning down in Brussels on these topics. We see that finance market already takes this into consideration and, and uh, f- in a way from looking at environmental issues and topics to be a threat to be new possibilities. And, and uh, the green taxonomy is a very important part of that. Because you know a lot about this, because you are actually down in Brussels. Yeah, we, we are, Bologna Foundation are employed now around, I think we have 15, 16 people now working in the European Union and with offices in, in Germany and Holland and, and London and, and Brussels. And we work very close with the European Commission to make the framework and the regulation and we see what's going on from inside uh, every day now. Uh, it's big lobby campaigns on different topics. Uh, and some places we're a little bit worried, but in general, this is going to be a big, big change. Because commissions, and, and I think Norwegians have a very big problem to understand that. But for European Union to reduce the import of oil is a huge effect on their economy. So they have many, many benefits also from an economic perspective and, and more and more analysis sees this not as a, a problem for the industry anymore, but a possibility. Yeah, because you, you talked about, uh, we mentioned the EU's taxonomy. Can you explain a bit about that? What is that? Now, the point is that they want us to have a different approach when it comes to how uh, financing are done. Uh, this is settling the uh, rules for state aid uh, heavily. So I think many people uh, will be a little bit shocked on, on what is not going to be allowed in the future to support from the government. Because there is still a lot of subsidies of fossil fuel, of emission uh, infrastructure. And this is to gradually uh, turn away from this by using the financial mechanisms that is lined up in this green taxonomy. Yeah. What's extremely important here is to create a kind of predictable uh, political and regulatory framework for many of, of the companies inventing new technology and new solutions. It's in fact uh, as big risk as the technology risk is the political and legal framework. And the green taxonomy gives a kind of predictability that we have not seen uh, on these uh, topics before. Uh, and, and, and it's the politician's job to regulate, yeah? It's the business uh, job to 
to go green by black numbers to end up in, in making new solutions. And the framework put forward by the European Commission is balancing this uh, in a much better way than earlier. So, mm-hmm. so it's going to be a really big, big change for many people. Yeah. But you, you, the, the taxonomy is, of course, kicking in now for 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 for, for the industry. Uh, and you see that, you know, uh, access to capital, cost of capital matters if you go through in, in the green direction or not. Uh, but, you know, as, as, as you saw, uh, we talked about in the, in the introduction, the, the capital market has already responded to it, you know, before the taxonomy actually kicked in. Uh, that you see there's so much capital are sort of moving in this direction. It, it's actually... As they said, that now you suddenly are are able to to invest in in, in companies, uh, because there has actually been too few uh, opportunities for 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 investors to move in this direction. But now, of course, more and more companies are coming, and that explains also the drive on the Oslo Stock Exchange uh, and the Euronext growth. You see that more and more uh, companies are are are, are listing, and mm-hmm. of course, you see the, a lot of interest. But actually, you uh, represent Wow Asa, which is uh, actually a unique company within this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we have we have been yeah. uh, we have been listed since 2014, and we have been in the game for for many years. Mm. Um, but you have black numbers. Yeah, yeah. Not many of the environmental companies do have that. No, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and that has been important for us uh, to 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 be profitable and and to demonstrate that we are. Uh, that we are growing and sort of having a, a profitable growth, and of course, over these year, years, we have the, 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 let's say the, the net profits and the net proceeds have actually been moved into technology development, and uh, you know, I think we're investing uh, in in this business to also be become sort of more and more relevant uh, going forward forward as well. Yeah, but uh, one in- interesting thing that you've done is uh, uh, Wow Industries. Which is an incubator uh, of new businesses. Yeah, it, it is. It, it, it is to to look at uh, you know in some of these new markets that we're 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 entering, uh, there are a demand for CO two neutral or climate neutral energy. Uh, there are available bas- biomass and, and waste, but there are nobody to take that position to build this type of infrastructure. And we see that in in some of these markets, we we it's it's it makes sense for us to move forward with sort of build on operate. So so it's uh, Wow Industries being that incubator. Now we're we're moving towards the metallurgic industry with that type of concept, but it's down the road. Uh, we're we're looking at other industry verticals where it makes sense also to take that type of position to you know to roll out technology. Mm. But uh, if we look at Norway, you know, we've always been in the forefront uh, of the environmental... Uh, well, you don't agree? I see, I see it on your face. <laughs> okay, so Norway, is, is, we, we are not the uh, best in the class. I think that's... Um, um, we, we are quite schizophrenic in Norway <laughs> on this, yeah? yeah? And and in some topics, we are good. Uh, in other topics, we think we are very good, which is... Uh, a big obstacles to become better, mm-hmm. um, and I think when it comes to innovation, to to create space for smaller companies to grow, has been difficult in Norway because we are so used to that the big oil companies is going to be a big part of our economy and so on, and and 
the challenge here is that if you look at it's invested today thousand uh, to fifteen hundred billion US dollars into dirty industry every year, mm. and we need uh, to invest around two thousand six hundred eight hundred billion US dollars into clean industry and energy production every year up to 2050 if we are going to succeed. There is not enough investment possibilities for all this money at this stage. And that's why it's so important to have this uh, innovation to to understand that the, very much of this will come from down under. People, do they have access to information through the internet? Through you can you can sit wherever and become a very good battery expert, yeah, because you have all the access. Mm. And this is where we are not so good because we are used to fill up uh, the 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 valley uh, with with death uh, pilot projects <laughs> uh, because so so we have we have to do something with our thinking on innovation and and the respect for starting up new companies yeah. in Norway. We are not good there. Already now we see a transfer of competence from oil companies and supplier of, of the oil industry uh, with competent people into the, the, the green business. Uh, we in, in WoW have benefited from this big time with a lot of, of, of clever people with, with a background from uh, a black background in, in, in fossil uh, fuel, so to mm. say. Mm. And of course, uh, the, the knowledge, the experience is, is very valuable uh, in this transition. And, and you're actually combining this with uh, some of the best know-how from, from France as well. You know, Ab- Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there, there we now have the, the, the big team uh, in, in France, particularly working now on, on, uh, on waste fractions and valorization of of, of, uh, of plastic waste, for instance, which is of course uh, fossil carbon. But how could we ensure that we we use uh, those uh, already produced plastics uh, in in the best way? Uh, there we use our pyrolysis technology yeah. the same way. Our approach to help sort of the 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 industry decarbonize, you know, um, has been successful lately. You know, now we have we have large industry players at the table, and and lately. Uh, in October, uh, Repsol announced sort of their, uh, you know, they were one of the first one in the oil and gas industry to commit to us, you know, net zero emission by 2050. And when they, in October, announced their sort of pathway between 25 to, to 30 of becoming 20% CO to neutral, they announced a cooperation with us uh, to look at their infrastructure in first and foremost in, 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 in Spain. At their sort of refineries and and, and uh, to to replace sort of their consumption of natural gas and uh, and and uh, later on, uh, ArcelorMittal, the largest uh, steel producer in the world, came uh, and announced now on in, in January a cooperation with us to build a first facility in Rodange, Luxembourg, uh, to uh, to decarbonize their operations by replacing. Their consumption of, uh, of of natural gas, uh, you know, thirty percent with with syngas, mm-hmm. converting uh, you know waste and waste streams into syngas with our, our technology. So, so in a way, it, it starts playing out nicely. You mm. see, you see that the industry is responding to this, and and uh, you know, and for us, you know, to look at at OsloMetal, for example, they have they have uh, seventy three sites in Europe where they are producing crude steel, high-temperature industry, 
that today are are the only way for them to 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 heat their processes. They're, they they need gas, and and of course. Uh, they need to figure out how can they become 20 or 30% CO2 neutral within the next 10 years. Hmm. So, so it's, it's, it's very interesting to sit down with them, to look at their infrastructure and see how, you know, pyrolysis technology could be a part of that, that pathway. Furik, is it the European Commission or the Norwegian government who is driving the, the green transition? You know, I like to say that I'm happy Norway is not a member of the European Union because I'm afraid that the petroholic country of Norway is going to <laughs> damage the EU climate policy. But I think I think we must remember here that we're dealing with some companies that are bigger than states. And uh, that's why this, the European Union is, is the only one who has the kind of power to regulate these kind of topics. Uh, we have been working for years in Brussels and it's it's divided uh, because you 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 really get a hard resistance from the German coal industry uh, a lot of uh, we see how the oil and gas industry is fighting now even if if the the slogan starts to be better we see still a heavy i think we we have registered more than uh, 1500 uh, gas lobbyists now uh, in in Brussels uh, when it comes to the the green taxonomy they are not doing good, but what we see is uh, uh, increased understanding, and I, I think it's important to remember when when the Paris Accord was signed in 2015. It started a process in each country where they have to monitor, they had to come up with plans, they had to report the plans, and they risk that the targets will be tightened up. And during the years when the different governments have started to do this analysis, started to get in the background figures from the industry, it's become more and more clear what kind of huge task this is. And I think, for example, from a topic like carbon capture and storage, this process has, has because the numbers doesn't go up if you don't use that kind of technology, which could also be implemented at, at the Vos technology to go carbon negative. Uh, there is an absolutely different understanding coming up now with what this means. What we see, though, is that it's not always the acceptance to also take the environmental consequences of what this green acceleration and the green taxonomy is going to cause. Because these big changes, they doesn't come with other kind of environmental consequences. And, and, and therefore, we also see that parts of the environmental movement now starts to be against solutions that I think is absolutely crucial to fulfill. We see it in carbon capture and storage. We see big challenges when it comes to biomass. Uh, how are we going to have a sustainable feedstock mm -hmm. into both technology? Mm -hmm. uh, so so the, the need for facts and the need of understanding that this is not black and white. When I started to break into companies and dig up barrels with dangerous waste. It was very easy to say, oh, bad. But it's always much more difficult to tell what you're going to do with that waste. And 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 you see it when it comes to mining, that's necessary for electrification. You see the resistance against windmills and so on. And this is uh, something that we need to deal with because we start to get with us the finance sector but we are losing the public acceptance to take the consequences 
of the green shift. So that's a big and huge topic now. And I think I don't think it's you know competition between technologies and, and solutions. You know, it's it's not either or uh, to to decarbonize or to reduce the CO2 emissions um, as, as the plan is, you you have to, let's say, find ways to outface the fossil, fossil fuels. Mm. So it's a combination of CO2 neutral solutions and CO2 negative solutions. You need to, you need to uh, help industries. Uh, and I think that we have perhaps a, a low-hanging fruit for them now because this is something we can start with today. To help them to, to become CO two neutral, but of course we need to we need to both sort of we, we also need to take carbon out of the CO two cycle as well. So you need you know you need capture and storage as well. But you, you know you should uh, you, you you should support all all sort of processes towards sort of a, a net zero future. And that's one of the things why we work with both because if they can supply biochar or biocarbon to the melting industry, uh, to aluminium plants, producer of mangan or silicium, or, and they put on carbon capture and storage. This technology is a part of carbon-negative solutions where we enable an infrastructure from the industrial perspective to also remove CO2 in the future. And that's why also Bologna Foundation is working so much with new ways of producing biomass like we do in the desert with seawater or our big project on seaweed farming and so on, because we really need to also find new ways to produce this biomass. Coming years will be a lot of biomass available for WoW, because there will be new waste streams of biomass accessible. But to scale this up, we need also to take care of that in the future. But there's no excuse not to start today. It was an interesting uh, having sort of discussions with the banks in Norway today, they are they're looking at their you know lending portfolio and and they are also hit by the taxonomy you know they see that dnb for example how much of the oil and gas industry have they financed and how much of the, these green initiatives are they financing so it makes sense for them also they have to move capital towards the green green side of it and you know it's 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 a, it's a good environment for us uh, to to do this now just one final question to to you frederick if i understand correctly uh, the eu uh, the european commission they are actually doing a good job now <laughs> with the green deal and everything and the taxonomy uh, we have uh, what we call an eea agreement uh, in norway better known as eves and uh, there is an election here in norway in september uh, and uh, we've already uh, heard talks about uh, areas of tall uh, the EE agreement uh, being uh, stopped. Uh, how will that impact if that happens uh, on the, on what happens within uh, the climate uh, change? Uh, from my perspective, this is one of the worst things that could happen because it's so often that we, instead of starting to use our time to convince the Norwegian politicians, we spend our time in Brussels and get it as a regulation there and then Norway just have to accept it. So so I have my t-shirt, I love the AOS agreement uh, because Norway is a nice little selfish petroleum country. Need this adjustment from the European Union. Du hörte en podcast fra Wow.